Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome to episode 47 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CONS Radio. I'm Mike with Joe and Jason, as always. And uh, guys, what a whirlwind of a week this has been for your Boston Bruins. They had a little bit of absolutely everything imaginable happen to them in this past week, uh, especially with the goaltending situation, a suspension, a couple injuries. But uh, let's start off uh, the show with a big victory tonight, Tuesday night. In Florida, obviously, it's a division game. Uh, they Bruins snuck it out, and they snuck the last one out against Detroit, too, a one nothing victory, even though I think the Bruins played a little bit better last game against Detroit than they did tonight. They, they seem to be a little shaky tonight. Uh, but you know what? A win's a win. As Joe said in the, in the pregame before we came on live, is a win's a win. You take it a point anyway you can get them. And I think Joe has a lot to say about Tukarask and all the Tukarask haters today because the Bruins are still undefeated when Tukarask is in goal yeah i i just got a tweet i gotta read this one rask once again proves to be unbeatable under no pressure like the a-rod of the nhl tuka haters are gonna hate it does it just it blows my mind he's what he's six and oh or no yeah no he's five, five and oh five and oh right now I, I don't know what else you can do the, you know this game the bruins did not play that well and he basically said they couldn't they couldn't even what? They couldn't even clear clear the puck in the last what four or five minutes of the game. It was it was it was painful, and he kept him in the game. He, he played great against Detroit, and someone said that you know he didn't play good against good uh, competition. Well, I thought Detroit won six in a row before the Bruins beat him the other night. Hey, I, Joe, you know what you have to say to them? Florida was picked to win the division. Was picked to be one of the top two teams, top two or three teams in the division this year. After all the offseason moves they made, Detroit made the playoffs last year, and everyone knows playing in Detroit. And on any given night is going to be difficult because Detroit's usually always a solid team that's well coached and knows how to play the game. So he just those first two games, the last two games he just played against division rivals and the way he carried himself, he gave a he shut out Detroit and then gave up one goal against Florida. When as and uh, Bruins fans know, this Florida team's pretty good. It's not the Florida Panthers of a couple years ago where you would go down there to Florida and just beat the crap out of them. No, they're pretty good now. Yeah. So those are two big boy performances from Tukarask, I think. Because well, if he, if he you, goes you saw what they were earlier without him like last week. So 
clearly it's night and day between Tukarask and every other goalie on this Bruins roster. Yeah, I mean, if he goes into Tampa Bay and wins that game, I, I think, you know, haters get to, you know, just lay off the sauce because, you know, he's evidently playing back to his level three years ago. The one thing that's got to stop Mike and Jason, as we all know, these penalties are just brutal. They can't. I was just going to bring that up, Joe. Good point. Go ahead, Jason. Run with it. Uh, want me to run with it? I was going to say, yeah. you know what? That penalty kill looked good, Snappy. You saw earlier on the season that the penalty, the penalty kill was hurting them. Now, you're absolutely right. The Bruins do need to work on playing a little less sloppy when it comes to the penalties. But it was a great job seeing the penalty kill tonight. You know, having Char go in the box twice and having them hold them off. Up until that third period. And you know what? Tuka Rask came up big in that first period. And I'm going to go off of your point because I am a big Tuka Rask skeptic myself. And I'm impressed with him lately. He, he's been putting in the work, putting in the effort. And, you know, I hope it continues. I hope it continues too because um, I would love nothing more than to be wrong with Tuka Rask. I mean, I gave him a little bit of grief last year too, especially by not playing the last game of the season. But, I mean, obviously, playing at this this rate the whole season is tough. Like, everyone's going to have a bad game. And, Joe, I know you're going to hear it, too. If he has a bad game, someone's going to be like, what happened to Rash tonight? It's like, people don't understand that hockey is – the ho- sport of hockey is an absolute grind. And you can't have an A-plus performance every single game. It just doesn't happen that way. Well, especially when you have a, sub- a subpar defense the last, what, two-plus years. Um the defense right now, outside of maybe Carlo and Zidane Chara, is basically a red hot mess. They McQuaid, it's a dumpster fire. Oh, McQuaid and Krug. Oh my God, the two of them is just McQuaid brings nothing. At least he can fight, unlike Jimmy Hayes. We'll talk about him later, I'm sure. Um, Krug has, I think he's still not over his injury. You know, he got the, the operation. I don't think he's fully healed. Uh, John Michael Lyles is and, and Carmel is, you know, okay. But outside of Chara, whoever he's crapping on, still. They got to keep in mind he's 39 years old. He's yeah, he's declining. I mean, this is what's going to happen. He's not Char five years ago. It's over. See, people just go ahead. Keep going, Joe. Finish your point. No, it's just that people in their head always like think players are not human and they don't age and they don't break down. That they're always going to be at top of the line. You know, you know, like Tuca. He he was he had those couple injuries and he wasn't. You know, he had to heal up. He had to take a couple games off. And what I noticed tonight is something that. The Bruins need to continue, and Claude Julien needs to continue if he's going to find success with the effort of this team. And it's the play of the young players, the Zarniks, the Heinens. You saw it on that Marchand penalty shot set up before the penalty shot. Heinen made a great play. And the Bruins need to continue that. They need to continue working the young guys. And that's what's important for the team. Brandon Carlos continued to look good. Even though he's taken a lot of bad penalties, he's continued to look good. Uh, yeah, Jason, to, uh, Joe and Jason, to get to your point about the penalties... When is enough enough? I mean, <laughs> I it's it's getting a little ridiculous. I mean, we talked about the Winnipeg game a while back when the third game of the year, the Bruins were getting like six penalties. Tonight they had about seven penalties. I mean, they just can't stay out of the box. Even the, in the Rangers, they had about six or seven penalties. And we'll get to that Rangers game in a little bit. But, I mean, they can't keep playing with, with fire like this. And I know their penalty kill has been really, really good. Uh, obviously, with even with Ra- with Ra- with Raskinette being the anchor there, I mean it's been it's been good. I mean it, it could have been a few of these games could have been a lot worse if the Bruins penalty kill didn't show up. But they're gonna have a little bit more discipline. It's getting well, out of hand. Yeah, you guys probably know last you know last week I wrote an article about you know firing Claude. Uh, discipline is uh, a lot on the coach. Not teaching your players how to be disciplined, 
not taking stupid penalties, not being out of position, not great. You know what I mean? Like this is something that has been under my skin this whole season so far. They are just, just you want five or six, seven power plays a game for the you know the opposition, and they cannot. They're not that good enough to play from behind, and they're not that good enough to be. You know, their penalty kill is not that great. So yeah, to, especially because of their defense isn't that good. So if you keep putting on a penalty kill, you have to keep relying on Chara, like you said, who's thirty nine years old. And Chara is obviously their best penalty kill defenseman, but I mean, you can't play Chara all twelve minutes when you're shorthanded for twelve minutes. It's just you can't do it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, so the, the, they get the penalties are just driving me bananas. So the penalties, they can't clear the puck out of their zone. The defense is horrendous. Let's let's be straight up. I mean, it's worse than last year, I think. I mean, it's good they're bringing in the kids, but it's kind of one of those things you're going to have to expect this. It's going to be, you know, Akalo's actually playing really, really well but for the, an 18-year-old. But the, pro- the problem with that is they only have one kid playing defense. Oh, Carl Miller. Miller is kind of I tip. mean, I, yeah, I, I, I guess. But besides that, you have 39-year-old Shari. You have Tori Krug, who's been with the Bruins for quite yeah. some time now. Adam McQueen, who looks absolutely lost out there. Oh, God, and a 36-year-old John Michael Lyles, when the Bruins re-signed him, I literally started scratching my head and wondering what the hell they were doing. Well, you got a nice cross-check across the face. So uh, today we'll see what he, you know, what he does. But, yeah, I mean, they, they just, they, you know, they're just trying to grab at straws right now. They don't have a lot of talent on that back, you know, on the blue yeah, line. Yeah, but you're telling me you wouldn't rather just see Joe Morrow and see what he, oh, he can actually he can actually play instead of having a 36-year-old oh. John Michael Lyles? Well, I'd rather have Lyles out there than McQuaid. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'll give you that. McQuaid, they have played defensively, I think, worse since he came you know, in the lineup. I, I just can't get over how bad McQuaid's looked. And not that I ever <laughs> thought he – I never thought he was, like, the worst defenseman ever. I always used to say that was Kevin Miller, not McQuaid. But I think Kevin Miller rubbed off on McQuaid. I don't know what what is going on here. McQuaid looks lost out there. He's turning the puck over. He, he can't make a breakout pass. Like you said, Joe, the only thing he can do right is fight. I mean, he can fight, yeah, but other than that. Well, he he, he also knows how to get hurt, so he's good at that too. Um, that's absolutely but, but you know what's going right for the Bruins, and we've been talking about this forever, and I think in a crazy way, and you can call me a skeptic for this too, I think the NHL expansion draft is playing a little bit of a role into this going into next year with the Bruins protecting a lot of their younger players, and that's where some of their contracts are. I have this gut feeling that they're playing McQuaid to try and see if McQuaid can improve so the expansion team in Las Vegas will take him over some of their other players, players that oh. they protect. Oh, However, with, that being, with that being said, it's about 90, 90% of this team that I wouldn't protect. So it's if, only if, I, if I was I the GM of another team, I would look at Adam McQuaid and be like... <laughs> You keep him. I'm not taking him. Well, praise praise the Lord, you're not the GM. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be it's, yeah. If that's I mean, we're obviously going to talk about you know who the Bruins will will save in that lot in the expansion draft next year. But I mean, it, as the season goes on. But um, let's talk about last week a little bit when you know we talked about this four game road trip and uh, me and Joe Joe and I were saying Jason, obviously you were having a little bit of audio issues, but when me and Joe were talking, we were saying that. You know, we didn't think the Bruins. I mean, I said, oh, one and two and one and, one and three. <laughs> Joe said they're not going to win one of them, especially if two goes out. And let's talk about the, the absolute debacle that was the Bruins the last two the two games before that. Uh, Minnesota and the Rangers, gave oh, up, wow. they gave up 10 goals. And it's and Malcolm Subban oh. is, can, can officially be he sucks. qualified as probably – the worst first-round pick by Peter Shirelli, which is saying something because 
Peter Shirley sucked Zach, at drafting, but Malcolm Subban is the worst. Zach Campbell. Zach well, Campbell is definitely, I think, the worst too. But you, but Malcolm Subban's in the conversation now. Well, how, how many um, goalies that got picked in that in that draft like have like you know flourished or at least turned the corner like that? Yeah, uh, Vasilevsky Matt in Murray. Tampa, Matt Murray. You yeah. have um, Kid in Columbus too. I heard. Uh, yeah, uh, Hellebuck in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, is, is the goalie in Columbus King? No, um, I can't remember. Oh, Corbisalo. Corbisalo. Yes. Yep. Yep. And you look at that and you say you picked Malcolm Subban first in the first round. It almost was like was it a was it a publicity stunt because of his brother? I mean, it, it seems this way. I, I just was an absolute like, what are you doing? I think it was, I think it seemed that way too because at the time when they drafted them, they already had Tim Thomas and Tuukka Rask. Yes. And I know Tim Thomas was getting up there in age, but Tuukka Rask is, was still young at the time. He was like you know, twenty five or twenty six years old. Which I mean, you start. When you play, when you have a goalie at that age, you don't need to draft another goalie in the first round because when you're drafting a goalie in the first round, you're looking at this goalie to be the, the future, and right. and you don't do that when you already have a 26 year old goalie, in waiting in the wings, and so Joe, I agree with you. I think it was a publicity stunt. It was like okay, PK Subban's up Montreal, <laughs> like was. oh, let's try and get in his head and let's yeah. like let's get the rivalry even going even further. Let's pick Malcolm. We suck at drafting, uh, anyways. Might as well pick him, right? I mean, their their scout department was just an absolute train wreck, too. They, I mean, they, they couldn't pick they couldn't pick uh, fish out of a barrel. I mean, they they were that terrible. I mean, they finally hit when they got rid of everybody and hit on Pasternak. But God, man, that Subban, what a terrible, terrible. You know what's and awful? Down, and maybe this is part of the way that ruins the name. I totally forgot that Pasternak was out of the lineup. And it didn't Subban go down to Providence and get smoked again? Yeah, he's owned, he, hasn't, he hasn't won a game in Providence this year. And oh. also, he hasn't finished two periods in either NHL start. He hasn't gone longer than a period and a half in either NHL start. I think you got. I think you cut bait for him, let McIntyre play down there. And that, who's that, like Vlader or something like that? Vladar, yeah, Daniel yeah, Vladar. Let them play, dude. Just cut, this, just cut him. He's done. <laughs> I, I just don't know how he can turn it around. I mean, the game was obviously the, the first game in St. Louis. You kind of give him a little bit of a – of a leeway, you go, okay, there's your one mulligan, you know, it, it was tough, to, you're playing a tough team in St. Louis, they're very good at their place, it's your first NHL start, you give him the benefit of the doubt, but then he plays against Minnesota, and he looks like that, and I understand, that, uh, the, there was one goal there that wasn't his fault, where, you know, one of the players on Minnesota was that's wide open out front, but the other two goals were absolutely garbage to give up, and a routine NHL goalie makes those saves, Nine times out of ten, and Malcolm Subban just doesn't make those saves. It's the it's it's like every weak shot goes in against Malcolm Subban. Well, I mean that 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 Minnesota game, I, I had a rant on my Bruins page after that was probably epic, and I think I almost had a heart attack. But um, they were, you know, Subban was terrible. Don't get me wrong against Minnesota, but he, the everyone in front of him sucked too. They were just ter- like if Tuca was in that, they probably would have lost. Like oh, much. I think they definitely would have lost too. But just some of the goals that Malcolm gives up, just you make you shake your head and go, this guy was a first round pick. Look at the other goalies that he and like you said, the other goalies that were in his draft year, and he just can't figure it out. Oh, absolutely, you know, absolutely, absolutely. And then the New York game, they come up with two nothing, and then they just predictably crap their pants. Well, you I was just... I was all, oh, sorry, Joe, I don't mean to keep cutting you off here. No, but go ahead. I was when the, I was shocked the Bruins started and went up two nothing against 
the Rangers because I thought the Rangers, you know, the Rangers didn't play the night before. The Bruins did. The Bruins had to travel. Uh, the Rangers are playing really, really well this year. If, if, if you've been keeping an eye on like the league at all, the Rangers have been looking like a top five team in the league. I go, there's no shot the Bruins win this game, and they go up two nothing, and I'm sitting there going, wow. I mean, they're playing solid structurally. Zane McIntyre got his first start, and I thought he he looked pretty well, even though the Bruins did end up losing by a score of five or six to two. I forget what it was for five some two. reason. Five two, yeah, five two, but. You know, Austin Zarnak scores his first NHL goal. Okay, the Bruins are, you know, they're playing a good structured game. And then, Joe, just like you said, the Bruins couldn't get out of the box. They couldn't stay out of the box because two of the first three New York Rangers goals came on the power play. And the Bruins were playing okay, five on five. They weren't playing great. But if you put a skilled and talented team like the New York Rangers on the power play, they're going to hurt you. And that's exactly what they did. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They they just... um... Those two games were just a microcosm of how, how bad they were going. So you got to keep in mind that how much Tuca has met in these last two games because you have Bacchus was out. Bacchus means so much to this team. You could tell, like, soon, since he's been out, they've been, you know, prior to these last two games, they played like dog, dog poop, and they basically just mailed it in, which Bacchus does not let that happen. Bacchus gets front of the net. He, you know, he'll get in a fight. He'll try to get the guys going. And, you know, when he's been out, they just flatlined. You know what I mean? Hey, and we can talk a, about... If I can make a comment, and we were talking about the Subban situation, and I just let you guys talk about it. Um, I I know nobody's talking about McIntyre. And yeah, played well. He played well that game, I thought. I thought he played well for the situation he was placed into. I'm not going to blame him for all five goals, but he looked really good on some of those breakaway shots. He looked really good. He, he did. He As got, somebody who's got... developing for that role in the long term. Yeah, he's in a he's in a losing cause right there. I thought he played. I thought he played. He deserved way better than he got. I uh, did too. I mean, he had that one goal that went off his back. Obviously, that he could he should have had. That was the one. Yes. Great. Yeah, but besides that, I mean, the Bruins pretty much like you said, Joe. They they turtled. They gave up in both games. Yep. Once they realized they weren't going to win it, they were like, "Oh, well, let's back it up. Let's head home. Hopefully, we uh, you know we get the we get the rest of the boys back on on Saturday because that's what it seemed like to me. They're like, okay, yep. The Rangers playing too good. Yeah, we, we can't hang with them. Okay, well, let's back it in. So, you know, everybody who's ever crapped on Tuca say he's not elite, he doesn't win games, he doesn't steal games for you. He just stole two. Two. And then, Joe, you can even go further. The game in Winnipeg this, this, that this one year, too. Three. He stole. Yeah. He three. stole that game. So Three games already out of, what, five. So he stole for this team. They had no right to really win any of those three games. Especially so. the Winnipeg game, and especially, I think, tonight's game. I mean, the Bruins didn't look... Didn't look pretty good for a majority of stretches during this game. Right. Another thing, too, another uh, encouraging thing is Krejci's been looking better the last few games. Thank yes, you. and uh, Krejci obviously had off-season hip surgery, and he has looked better. I think, when obviously, when Bacchus gets back, I think when Krejci has someone like Bacchus on his line, kind of like the, the bruiser, the, the the banger that he's played with before, with like Agimla, you know, Horton, Lucic. I think that's when Krejci's at his best because he knows someone's with him and someone has his back, I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like when he's... Not with someone, he he kind of, I don't want to say plays a little timid, but I think it's kind of like he doesn't really have that, that guy that bangs for him and goes into the corner and, like, has Krejci to slow yes. the game down. I agree. He needs uh, he needs that Lucci. He has someone to do his dirty work, pretty much. I think I think when uh, Bacchus comes back, Bacchus goes in the line with him again, and, I, you know, uh, that other wing, I don't, you know, kind of know who's going to put there. Maybe they'll bring up uh, Jimmy Hayes. <laughs> 
Joe, just let it go. Okay. Come on, just have at it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna no, go. Joe, we got to talk about this because I, I actually do want to talk about this because the whole line of Nash, Hayes, and Bolesky. Flat line. The flat line. That's what we call they it. Have, they literally look like they don't know how to play the game of hockey. Yeah. Bolesky, I like usually is not like this. In, but Riley Nash, Jimmy Hayes, and Bolesky is a line. They gotta, they gotta get split up. They can't be the third line. Huh. They, oh, they should be the fourth line, or someone should get scratched up that line, or something, because they have zero points Still. in the first ten games. How many games have the Bruins played? Seven, I, I, I'm, I'm losing my mind. No, uh, what are they five and three now? So, no, are they five and three? They are five and four now. Nine games. Nine games, and they don't. Have, none of them. Has a point. Not one of them has a hey, point. Uh, you know how you, you do that, Mike? You uh, get Jimmy Hayes up on the. T- I, you, I I would put Bolesky with Crutchy and Backus. Put Jimmy Hayes um, maybe in somewhere in New Hampshire, and uh, just they they need to bench like he must have like slept with all like Don and Cam and you know uh, Claude's wives or something because what is this a joke from the summer stall? What's that? Is this a joke from the summer store? I've heard this before. I feel like I've heard this before. I don't know, but it, it, how he must have picked <laughs> on somebody because how how is he still playing? He, it's a Boston he thing. He's a Boston he boy. Fight, he couldn't fight. Uh, you know, a guy. What? How many inches shorter than him? <laughs> that was pathetic. He took he took him down. Like, man, did he take a bunch of punches? Punches. And that was Derek McKenzie, by the way. Oh, if I'm what's, what's he? Five nine. Five seven, five eight, and and, and Jimmy he, Hayes six three. He's a he's a tough little guy, but still, Jimmy Hayes didn't even throw a punch because he was getting ragdolled. Guys, he cannot pass, he cannot shoot, he cannot hit, and he can't fight. What else do you do in hockey? <laughs> Jesus, it's just it's it's he is just degrading, uh, regressing by the day, by the game. He's just worse. I mean, I mean, and it's not like the Bruins haven't given him an opportunity. He plays him with Hardy for the games. And he gets ice time. It's not like he just goes out there and like, like he just sits on, the, sits on the bench all game. Like he gets opportunities to play, and you just literally don't even notice him. And you don't notice Nash really, and you don't really Bleski this year. You haven't really noticed Bleski that much either. That oh. line is like you said, Joe. It's called the flat line. The flat line. Oh, that's hey, a great nickname. Hey, I, I gotta I, put this out there because there's a player to me that's really standing out, and it's Tim Schaller. I me. think the fourth line with, between Shaler Moore and Achari has been better than the third line. They should get more. They definitely should get more uh, ice time. There's a lot of chemistry in that line. I think that you know Shaler was unexpected. I didn't even hear Shaler's name or even know who he was until training camp, and then to have him come onto the team, I had no clue who he was still. So he's really impressed. Now he played in Buffalo, and he's a local kid, which is a nice story. So I mean, those are the guys that the muckers and the grinders, and they get you know Dominic Moore. I liked him. Like I said, before they even signed him, I liked him in New York, too. He's just – he's a guy that gives us all all the time. Um, but, like I said, that third line – they I, see, here's another thing that drives me nuts about Quad. He's done nothing to change that at well, all. The, the, one, the one thing that I think could help, you know, mix up that line is, obviously, David Pashnik. Let's talk about Pashnik for a second. When he got suspended for a hit on – um, Dan Girardi in the Rangers game mm-hmm. for a, a legal hit to the head or whatever, and he did got a two-minute penalty for it. I did not. I did not either, Joe. You, you know. I thought it was a nice hit, to be honest. He maybe come up a little bit high, but I don't think Pashnik was intentionally going for the head. And I also, don't think he the, intentionally jumped off his feet. No. When the NHL player safety always does their stupid videos, 
and explains why the player gets suspended or why they don't get suspended. I mean, they said that he hit the, the, the point of contact was the head, which I don't agree with. But Pashnik also had no discipline history yeah. in his career. And usually that takes into consideration for a suspension or not. And if unless it's like an absolute blatant, like, you know, blow to the head or an elbow to the head, they usually don't suspend him. They just give him off in the morning, which is what I thought that was going to happen for them, but I, for Pashnik, but I guess not. Another big problem with the NHL is they're not consistent. I guess, uh, you know, I guess Sidney Crosby elbowed, elbowed uh, Boychuk in the head, and then he scored the goal to win the game or whatever. Or how they, about the um, – sorry, Joe, I keep cutting you off. But the, the Minnesota game, when he hit a shot from behind, he got no discipline. Yeah, yeah. it just – that's the thing. The consistency's not there. And, you know, like guys like, you know, Sidney Crosby, they're never going to call him, you know, call him, you know, give him, suspend him. You know what I mean? Because he's one of their uh, stars, if you will. And what so, I've noticed is it seems – sorry to cut you off again, Joe. I guess, I guess it's cut off Joe Day, right, Mike? Yeah, well, um, yeah. But um, what I've noticed is that it seems like really a lot of the calls that shouldn't get called are going against the Bruins. And that's going to play a role. We've seen it – we saw it earlier in the season too. Well, the reason why you get called for penalties is that you're lazy. You're not putting in your full effort. You're trying to cut corners. You know what I mean? Like you're not that good. And that's why you get penalties. That's why they've been pen, you know, penalty-laden this whole – because they're, they're just not in the right position. Like I said, I think this comes from the top down, from Claude down. If you're not, I would be drilling these guys, no penalties, you know, extra, you know, like uh, coach a team USA, putting them through extra wind sprints, make them throw up or whatever, because they just, these penalties are going to kill them. They're going to lose games soon because of these penalties. Well, I think the Rangers game kind of swung momentum in the Rangers' favor, because like I said, they their first two, two of their first three goals were power play goals. And if you give a team like that the opportunities to go on the power play, they're going to cash in. Luckily, it didn't hurt the Bruins tonight with Florida. But, you know, Florida, if the Bruins give Florida seven power plays the next game, I you know, I wouldn't be so lucky. I wouldn't be so, you know, sure that you're going to finish uh, over, I mean, finish, kill off seven of seven power plays. Oh, yeah, I mean, you better not do that with Stamkos on Thursday night. Because <laughs> he's going to bury those. Absolutely, he will. But, uh, I mean, getting back to the, you know, that the flat line, that Joe likes to call it. I think it, that's a great nickname. That's, that might be the best nickname for a line I've ever heard. We'll call it that. We'll start the trend. We'll start the trend on Bruins Beat podcast. We'll call that third line the flat line. They don't start scoring. Uh, especially, especially with Backus. I think Backus and Pashnik are both coming back soon. Obviously, Pashnik's going to be back the next game. Backus is a little bit of a question mark. He had an elbow procedure, and luckily for the Bruins, this wasn't longer term because when you hear someone getting surgery. You think they could be out a little bit longer than I heard back is, is going to be back after the Florida trip. So after Florida show, after this game against Tampa, he could be, he could be close. Or... All right, well that would be great because then the maybe maybe the flat line will go after these two guys come back because Please. because I mean what have they done to deserve those minutes? Oh, I really don't understand. I mean I feel bad for Valeski because I like him. I thought he played pretty well last year, but that he he just he's so terrible now. Like he has Jimmy uh, Hayesitis. The Jimmy did Zarnikoy on Creature's line tonight? I think so. Who did? Yeah, I think so. I think it was Zarnik. Yeah, it was Zarnik and Spooner, and I think Zarnik's playing, playing Spooner pretty well. Spooner looked good tonight. I heard Jack Edwards was talking about Spooner. Spooner looked really good tonight. I mean, I just ne- I just never know what to really expect from Spooner anymore. I mean, he's yeah. just so inconsistent all the time. It's just, I don't know. You just never know with Spooner. You just never know. It's one game he could look like he's the best player on the ice. He can be. You know, flying up and down the ice. The next game, you go, you don't even notice him. 
But but here's here's the thing too now. So Spooner, you know, got benched already this year because he. But Jimmy Hayes hasn't. <laughs> just this is what Claude drives me nuts. Like because he's younger or whatever, and then you bench him, but you keep Jimmy Hayes in the lineup. I, I don't. See, this is the things about Claude that drive me bananas. It does definitely does drive me bananas too. But I mean, if 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 you're Claude Julian though, right? I mean, I mean, this is me pretending to be Claude Julian, so that's probably not a good idea. But um, if Tonight, when you have when you have backers and Pashnik back, you've got to split up that that third line because, like like we said, the Shell or Achari um, more line has been, I think, fantastic as a fourth line. They give you everything you need. Oh, absolutely, I love them. They remind me of the, the Merlot line with a little more skill. That's an interesting take, the Merlot line. But um, I agree with that fourth line and the way you guys are going with that fourth line. It's just that that fourth line looks really skilled. You know, Shower's putting in a lot of effort. Achai is just like balls to the wall. And Dominic Moore is really showing his value. And, you know, we might not agree with the Bruins bringing in age, but that experience with Dominic Moore has really helped out. And definitely with that game-winning goal he scored today. What a nice shot that was. I think he brings somewhat of a kind of a leadership role to a degree, I think, too. I think he's a little more vocal than a Bergie or Chara, so I think that's good, too. Yeah, I think it's definitely definitely a factor. I think uh, they kind of brought in more and Backus to be kind of those two leader vocal vocal guys because, like you said, Chara and Bergeron are mostly, you know, lead-by-example guys. But uh, I, the one thing that really does bother me, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but uh, I, I, I heard some people talking about it, is when they say give Bergeron the C and take it off Chara, can people, nah, just, can people just stop already? Yeah, Bergeron yes. has just as much of a voice if not a team as Chara does. If yeah, Bergeron yeah. wants to say something, people are going to listen. So can everyone just stop, please? Yeah, that, that 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 thing doesn't need to be talked about anymore. They need to they need to worry about things more important like the defense. The captaincy doesn't really matter. You know, you can put a C on a player, but it's not going to make him the actual captain. Right, the captain yeah. is a player that's vocal and a player that gets the team going. And Chara and Bergeron, and you got Backus, and he seems like you have Dominic Moore. That team's full of leaders. If they play the right way and continue to develop, they'll be a threat in the long term. Toward the end of the so, season, I mean. You know, when they get Bacchus back, like we, we all mentioned, he has that element to him. We get Pasternak back, you get these lines together too a bit. Hopefully the third line gets blown up a little bit. And now you have Tuca back, you're back to full strength. However, the defense still sucks, and they got to stop the penalties. Because even with uh, Pasternak and Bacchus, you know, those two things are going to kill them. So they got to definitely tighten up, and um, they definitely got to uh, cut down the penalties because they can't get, a, you know, six, seven power plays a game. And we can't expect them to be perfect every game and can't expect Tuga to be perfect. But, you know, you want to hope that if they can develop McIntyre while well, Hudobin's out, that they can have a good backup goaltender in McIntyre and really work towards the future because that will be big for Tuga Rask for the season. Yeah, I hope they give Mac- McIntyre a start in the next, you know, in like three games from now or something like that. I think they need to get him in there again. I think they'll get him in there again, but I, I, I'm riding Tuka right now. I'm riding him. Oh, you don't yeah. have a choice. I agree with that. I mean – you, you just see the difference of the team when they play in front of Tuco, when they play in front of someone other than Tuco this season. And I know it's a small sample size, but the Bruins just seem to show up and play better when Tuco's in the net. So, so he has right now, he's 5-0 and with a 1.21 goals against and a 9.61 save percentage. That's that's elite. That's elite so far, Joe. Yeah, so I agree with you. Knock on wood. No, knock on wood. Those numbers are great, and you want to see those numbers continue. Yes, he's going to have a bad game when never goaltender that doesn't. 
but you want to see that trend continue. You want to see that trend in a positive way. You want to see it continue throughout the season. You want to continue to see him play in that tough manner. He'll, if he continues the way he's going, he'll be the reason this team gets back in the playoffs. It's, it's almost, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. You almost think that he's heard the critics about him not playing the Ottawa game, not playing again with Finland, and not, you know, I think maybe finally he's getting pissed. You oh, hope. good. That's what you want? Good. good. Be pissed. Absolutely. If he's gonna, if he's gonna be pissed and play like this, I'll take that too, bro. Any day of the week, please. Embrace please the hate. Get mad. I'll, I'll, I'll keep ripping you so you do get mad. If that's the case, I mean, if he keeps playing like this, I'll rip him all season long so that way he can keep hearing it and keep, you know, being focused in in the game. Because, like you said, you just off those numbers. He's in the MVP conversation right now. If the Bruins, if the Bruins make the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, then you have the haters. Someone just said elite numbers for an elite pansy. I mean, it just he can't, he can't, he can play as well as he did, and they still don't love him. I don't understand what he did to anybody. <laughs> I mean, he's just you know because they blame, like I said, they still blame him for Game Six in 2013, even though the defense completely crumbled. So I, I don't get why people blame him for that because if people people don't realize Chicago is probably the only hockey dynasty that uh, you'll well, see in a lifetime, unless you were around for like the the. Islanders and the Oilers back in the day. Yeah, like, right. They, Chicago won three cups in five years for a reason, people. Like, even though the the Bruins should have forced the game seven, I agree. And I don't blame Tuvarask for that game at all. They lost to Chicago. It wasn't like they lost to, like, some fluke team that made the Stanley Cup Finals out of luck or whatever. Yeah. Like, 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 they didn't lose to a bad team. They lost to one of the best teams in this past, in this in this era. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think it's the way that lots of people just blame him for it. And they were still on the, when they had Tim Thomas footy pajamas, you know, thinking that, you know, as we all talked about this before, Tim Thomas had one of the most epic years for goaltender ever. So, you know, in prior to that, he was... A but people forget that's all he had. Yeah. And I understand, like, like you said, someone just commented and said for... For a huge pansy. Okay, well, then why are the Bruins 5-0 with him in playing goalie and they haven't won a game when he's out? Yep. yep. If someone can explain that to me, then then tell me. But then can we still explain? But then can we still explain why he sat out against Ottawa? I mean, it's yeah, like you know, what we can all go. This is all going to lead to the same argument, which is why I still choose to be the skeptic in this group because I want to see it on a consistent basis this season. I want to see the attitude of this team because what the Bruins have been missing since 2013 is the attitude. You know, I can understand losing to the Chicago Blackhawks. That's fine. I can't give Tuka Rask all the blame on that one. But the attitude, the attitude of this team seemed to die with that in 2013. And, it, and it's gotten worse over the last three years. Now, right now, they're playing with a lot of fire. They have a lot of leadership on the team. It looks like the Bruins have made some good moves or some decent moves to get this team back into the playoffs and show some attitude. You want that to continue even from your star goaltender. Jason, good point. I wrote about that, too. I think after that 2013 game, the mental toughness went away. And that's why, with my point, I'm not going to sit back here and say, oh, Rask is the greatest Bruins goaltender ever, or whatever everybody wants to hear me say. I'm not going to say that. I have to see more. Have I said that? I was, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm no. not going after you, Joe. You're not any part of that conversation. We're no, talking right. About no, I'm, 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 busting, I'm busting your chops. But, uh, yeah, I th- you know, like I said, I just think Tuca just gets a bad rap. Does he play well all the time? No. Like that, you know, he, he I think he should have played against Ottawa or at least told him ahead of time so, you know, uh, Gustafson could be mentally prepared even though he should have been anyway. Um, and, you know, not playing for Finland and all that stuff, I think that's kind of, you know, you're playing for your country. You should, you know, if you have to 
mean, if you poop your pants, get out there. You know what I mean? So um, I just think this is exactly the injection uh, shot on the Bruins needed with him coming back and playing the way he is. Because if he came back and crapped his pants, this team was going to be done. So it's refreshing. Yeah, it's good. Bruins fans don't understand how important these two wins were because oh. if the Bruins if the Bruins lose these two games, their season could be could over. be over. Now they're oh, back in it in the standings. And and after the stretch coming up, I said, "Mean Jason, you you know you uh, had a drop off before you had problems with Skype." Um, we're talking about. I thought you know Claude would get fired before November eighth if they with this with this um, kind of a mini murderer's row of games they had coming up. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And now they're right in the thick of things for, I mean, a wild card spot. And I know it's early on in the season and people are going to be like, well, it's still early. It's only nine games in. You shouldn't be worrying about playoffs. Well, I'm, I'm worried about the playoffs because if the Bruins don't make the playoffs, this, this city will be up in arms. I mean, the owners going to be up in arms and there could be a lot of changes if the Bruins don't make the playoffs. I mean, so it's I something can, I, to keep me, an eye on. Not as a, as a fan and as a person, I can settle if they don't make the playoffs. If they put up a fight, if this team puts up a fight tooth and nail every single game, Amen. I can live with that. Because it's a tough division, tough year. I can personally live with that. But this team's I can a live fight. With, yeah, I can live with not having the talent but putting in the effort every night. I can't deal with having the talent and not putting in the effort, which they did the last two years. They were, they were in the playoffs, what, March, early March, they were in the playoff structure and just completely puked all over the skates the last two years. There is no excuse for that at all. And this division is beatable. You know what? Yes, Detroit usually had the number in the past, but Detroit's still beatable. Ford is beatable. Tampa Bay is still beatable if you look at it the same way because the Bruins have had Tampa's number in the past. So the Bruins can make their way up into this division. Montreal might be a tough one, though. Montreal looks good. Montreal yeah, is in Rask's head. Rask was injured, so he really hasn't gotten a chance to play them yet this season. So we'll give no it up. No one's beat Marshall. No one's beat Marshall in the league. Never mind the Bruins beating Marshall. No one's beat them. What are they seven zero and one now? Yeah, yeah, they haven't like lost all season long. Uh, ever, damn him, God, he the, be, the best two records in the in the NHL are actually Montreal and Edmonton. How crazy is that? Oh yes, Montreal and the, like Peter Shirelli destroys a franchise and inher- inherits a, a a great one, bastard. Deal with him. I mean, he inherits the one that had the first overall pick for like six out of the past seven years. So they were bound to be good one year, right? Oh, they had to be. Well, yeah. And Especially plus, when you get McDavid. Oh, yeah. New, well, like, you got McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Ta- Taylor Hall, and the Russian kid. But I'm going like, to say, if you guys want to judge the importance of these last two games that they've won, put it this, put it this way. They would be third in the division right now with that game in hand that they have. And they're at 10 points, Detroit and Ottawa at 12. I mean, that's how close this division could be. So those two games were very important. You know, you can't... Yeah, that's why I think fans are underestimating how good Rask was for this team coming back because of how desperate the Bruins needed these two games. But Mm -hmm. it takes more than just Rask. And you know what? You got to give credit when it's due. Rask Rask had a fantastic game tonight. What a great first period. Some of the incredible saves he made early on. And you know what? Florida was really going at him that entire first period. Boston managed to get back to it until the last 10 minutes of the third period. And Rask stood on his head this game. I give but all the, the credit Bru- wins due. But the Bruins got to, they have to score more. Because you, you think about how they, they score the two goals. Penalty shot and an absolute crazy angle that was a complete puck luck. So they need to stop burying chances. There was about, I would say, three or four that they just completely missed the net. 
But tonight. keeping in mind, I'm going to keep in mind that David Baggis and Pasternak aren't in the lineup. So the two goals that they scored in the game that they played is actually pretty impressive because they're two of their main players aren't in the lineup. Uh, no, no, I, I agree. But, like, if David Krejci has an open net, you should better. He's got to score that. that. That was a goal he had to score. I know exactly what you're talking about. He hit about. a few posts tonight, though, guys. I think the puck was They did hit a few posts. I think the puck was just bouncing badly for them tonight. But I do agree yeah. with you, Joe. Overall, the Bruins have not scored a lot of goals. I mean, obviously, with the flat line on your team, you're going to have to have the other three lines step up. So, You love that a lot. You love that, huh? Oh, that was great. That was great. Hashtag it there, people. We're going to call it the flat line. Just hashtag it. We'll get that all over Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. The Bruins' third line equals flat line. That was great. I mean, oh, I'm gonna, I can't get over how good that was. <laughs> well, thank you. I like it. We'll go with it. Sweet. But I think it's crazy, though, how the – the Bruins have not played a full have not played a game this season with their full team, and right. that's why I'm excited that for Pasternak and Backus to come back because I want to see what the lines look like, the continuity of the team looks like. Obviously, Rask looks good now, so I mean I'm gonna hold my judgment on this team overall until they have their full complement of team. They have they have their full complimentary of yeah the full. Complement I don't of consider team. Kevin Miller full complement of the team just for the record. We're just, we're gonna focus on uh, yeah, ba- Backus and Pasternak. I'm not considering Kevin Miller because I think Carlos took Carlos took his job. So <laughs> Carlos not giving up that job. There's no way the Bruins will be making a mistake sitting Carlo down. No, they'll probably uh, scratch Colin Miller. So we're gonna give our predictions for uh, the upcoming week here. Yeah, let's do yeah, that. Uh, Let's, let's do let's do it because you know the Bruins still have some tough games coming up. Um, I'm not sh- I'm not sure what exact day we'll be um, recording our next show, so let's just do the next. We'll be four doing games on, of- we're going to do it consistently on Tuesdays. Yeah, we're going to try to do it on Tuesdays. All right, so games. we have um, we got um, we got Tampa. The next the next few games we got Tampa, the New York Rain- the at Tampa. Then they have two games at home against the New York Rangers and the Buffalo Sabers, and then they go to. Montreal and play at Montreal in the Bell Center. And I think Monday and Tuesday is one of the times you can see, because they play Buffalo and Montreal back-to-back. And I think if Claude Julien was smart, he would play McIntyre against Buffalo and save Rask for the Montreal game. Okay, Rask has to come in. And here's the thing, too. We're going to have a great podcast that night playing you know, after the Montreal game. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that that would be my opinion. I mean, yeah, it, was, he has it to. should be Rask. So McIntyre should play against Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rask has to play against Montreal because for some reason, if he doesn't play, the haters will be coming through the woodwork and everybody will be saying that he can't beat Montreal. Grant, he's going to play. The Bruins don't have a backup goaltender that they can actually play against. That can actually play experience enough to play. There's no way he's not playing against Montreal unless if he's injured. The only way they beat Montreal is if they steal this game. Tuca steals the game because Montreal is vastly better than them. <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's, obviously Montreal is vastly better. I mean, it's been been happening for the last few years but i agree rask but rask actually last year stole a game in montreal and i think people forget about that and if he, if he can just do that again and i hope he i hope he does play the montreal game and i hope the bruins do win i mean obviously i hope the bruins do win but just because like oh just quiet the haters down for just a little bit because you know seriously though when is the last time bruins fans can honestly say they've seen rask play this well in uh, it's been a, a three, three years ago. Yeah, yeah but you, you got, I mean, but you can't recall like the exact time. Do you know what I mean? Like with Tim Thomas, you can always be like, oh, the 2011 playoffs. But besides that, he's been, eh, okay. It was three years think, ago in Pittsburgh. Well, Ra- well, Rask in the uh, Pittsburgh and who's the other series that year in 13? It's 
escaping me the second round who they played. They played um, Pittsburgh in the second round. No, they played Pittsburgh in the conference finals. No, they played New York. New York. Yeah, the Rangers. Rangers. He, he was, Torrey Krug, the year that Tory Krug broke out. Yeah, yeah, he was cash money in those rounds. And he played really good against Chicago, too. You know, if it wasn't, they could have won that series, too, believe it or not, with a couple of bounces their way. Um, but 14, he played really well. And then the last two years, not really. He was average. Exactly. Know? So, I mean, why, why? I mean, I understand that, you know, players, I mean, fans obviously react a certain way. Oh, you know, Rask sucked because he didn't play the last game of the year. You know, he always had some easy goals. But why can't you look at it objectively also and be like, and give him where, give him credit where credit is due? These first five games, he's been sensational. Yes, agreed. After the first period against Columbus, where I think he let in a little bit of a soft goal against Columbus, the very first game of the season, but at the second and third period on uh, from that game, he's been nails. That's money. So... Looking at the schedule, I think they go. I think they lose to Tampa. I think they beat Rangers and Buffalo, and then, fortunately, they lose to Montreal. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty, pretty good here. But I'm gonna say, I think the Bruins are feeling it right now. I think they're gonna um, beat Tampa. Uh, I don't know. The Bruins just play well against Tampa Bay for some reason. Uh, I just think the Bruins, you know, can can come out and hopefully. You know, salvage this road trip with a, uh, a nice record here. I think they're going to beat Tampa, and they're going to lose to the Rangers. I think the Rangers just have too much team speed for the Bruins. I think the Rangers are going to want to come out better in that game, and also the Bruins suck at home. So I'm just going to—that's why I'm just going to pick against them, anyways. And then right. uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick them to beat Buffalo and lose to Montreal. So I have them going with the same record as you, Joe, just yeah. just winning a different game than you. All right, Jason. You know, I, had, you I had to think about this because I agree with you guys to a certain point that the the same record, but. You know, I'm gonna look back at that Rangers game and keeping them keep in mind that they fought really hard in that game and came out to a two goal lead in the first period. That if Rask was in net, they probably should have won that game. So, you know, with how hot the Bruins are with getting David back and Pasternak back, I could see the Bruins going three and one and losing to Montreal. Three and one, wow! I mean, that's looky here. <laughs> I was wrong last I mean, that, week. That so would, okay. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I would love that for the happen. I just think it's a little. So asking a little bit too much, but I do think I mean can't you can't expect it. They go two and two. Two and two is a successful week, but I yeah. just you know based on the way that they're playing now, I think they can beat Tampa. Um, I have this. And they'll obviously beat Buffalo. I mean the way that they're playing right now. New York's going to be a tough game if they get out to an early lead. Rask will be able to hold on. Montreal's only real loss I see, but I'm hoping that Montreal is a closer game, not blowout. Right. Agreed. So, if, would you do you guys agree with me that you think McIntyre should play against Buffalo before oh, we uh, sign off? One hundred percent, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. all right. I, th- I think so too. Well, we, I mean, we had a lot, of, a lot of good different topics to talk about this week. It's been a very entertaining week for the Bruins. Hopefully, this week will be just as entertaining. Um, you can follow. So, we're going to consistently do Tuesdays now, so you guys can uh, uh, look forward to that coming back next Tuesday. Also, the, sh- the next week's show being released next Tuesday. Also, excuse me. But, yeah, uh, what, we're, what we're, what we're going to do so we can explain it to our listeners is we're going to be doing the, do, the show Tuesday and mm-hmm. we're going to release it on iTunes on Thursdays and we're going to do a consistent schedule like that. So when you want to hear the show again, for those of you that are listening live that want to pass the show on to your friends to get the show out there, it's going to be on iTunes on Thursdays. On Thursdays? Okay, sounds great. Glad to hear that. Also, um, very happy to be... Uh, uh, Hooked up with Blue Apron. I know Nick said the library will hold off on that, but very excited about that. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys ordered your food. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Can't wait. 
I might right. need our first official sponsor. My broadcast. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to eat some of that. Try out some of that food. Some of the food looks good there. But uh, that will conclude our episode of Bruins B. We'll be back next Tuesday. You can uh, follow myself on Twitter at MikeSetta22. You can also follow our Bruins Beat podcast page at Bruins underscore Beat. You can also like us on Facebook, and you can also follow Jason and, and Joe on Twitter at JasonBuckley91 and at Big Bad Bruin. Right? Big Bad, Big Bad Bruin. Bruin. Eighty-eight. 80, yep. I always forget the 88 at the end. Sorry, Joe. Okay. I'll, I'll, get it, I'll get it for next week. And, and for people to find the show, you know, we'll be releasing li- links on Twitter from the CLNS Radio Twitter account, from Joe's Twitter account. We'll be releasing the links on the Big Bad Bruins Facebook page. That's Joe's Facebook page. We'll be releasing the show on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes and CLNS's Stitcher app, as long as along with CLNS Radio's actual app. So there's a lot of ways you can find the show. We can, we also ask that if you go on iTunes, you leave us a rating and a comment. And at some point, we'll check the comments weekly. We'll read the comments on the show. All right. Great show, guys. We get absolutely. Some- absolutely great slow. We'll be back next week. Go Bruins. All right. Bruins. See ya. Cheers. Good.